0: Welcome to the Milestone Church podcast. Whether you're at home, on the road, or at work, we hope you find this message encouraging and helpful for your life. You can watch other messages just like this one on our website at milestonechurch.com/messages. I wanna welcome you to the first week of our series entitled Let's Talk Family. I wanna welcome those that are watching online as well at our campuses or the video venues, maybe here at the Keller campus. Would you put your hands together and welcome all those that are joining us, maybe watching the message later on in the week as well. Well, I want to celebrate something with you before we jump into Let's Talk Family because last weekend was a big weekend, and I'm so thankful for you. I'm so proud of you. Um, It's uh, a real fact, and that is that teams win championships, not one individual. This is not golf and the Masters, okay? This is a team. And last weekend, we really saw God do some amazing things, not just the number of services and number of people, but the Bible says that when one person who is lost comes home to Jesus, then all of heaven celebrates. And we had 417 people who made a decision for Christ. So that's amazing. Come on, that's a place to celebrate. And that's only possible because we had over 1600 people give up some time during the Easter weekend to serve others and park cars and help people into the tent and take care of kids. So I just want to say thank you to our serve team who make it possible for us to serve people. I I heard so many amazing stories. You'll see that baptism weekend is coming up and we have a record number of people. So you're gonna hear some amazing stories of how Jesus found people in their lostness and brought them home to him. Uh, but I had some cool uh, experiences. One of them was during one of the services, I can't remember which, they all run together at some point, but I remember a service where a couple came out. They were the first ones out of the auditorium and they just came up to me and, they, and, and the, the lady said, I, I, I prayed with you, Pastor Jeff, I, I prayed, but I was a little nervous to raise my hand. Um, can, can we kind of, she was kind of saying, you know, can we still get in on the deal? And I, and I was like, no, I mean, the, you know, the booth closed. I mean, you know, it's like you just, you missed. No, I didn't tell her that. We, we helped them. I, I, I saw a real powerful story about a young man named Nick who brought 10 of his friends from Charles Schwab. Three of them prayed to receive Christ. And so just amazing story after story after story. So, just an amazing weekend. I'm going to ask if you have your Bibles to turn to Philippians chapter 2. But we can't forget about another big celebration. Because Easter kind of resurrection power just kept on rolling into Monday night when the Baylor Bears won the national championship. Come on. Uh, That's really my message today. I'm just going to show highlights for, for people. We're just just going to watch the dominant performance, you know, like they were meant to be there. And that'll be the message. No, no, actually, the message is actually really contradictory to that. But uh, Baylor Bears won the national championship. Don't try to compete with the Baptist on Easter, you know what I'm saying? But anyway. Uh, <laughs> I want to tell you a quick story that happened a few years ago. My father actually had some health challenges that extended over a 10-year period and um, he had a colon resection surgery that went bad and he ended up in ICU for several months and then had some other health things. I have compassion for those of you that are walking through health journeys with people that you love because it just is something that is taxing and takes time and lots of doctor visits and lots of moments and here just a few years ago, my dad actually, um, I brought him from East Texas and said, Dad, you know, come here for some medical care. He had a special surgery over at Baylor Grapevine and I was sitting in the waiting room and like I always do doing all of this health crisis, you know, it's its kind of like you do not you don't really, if the enemy's trying to hurt you, he doesn't want to put a preacher in the hospital. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm you know, you don't turn that on or off. So, I mean, I just started praying for people. In fact, when my dad was in ICU, I mean, they might as well paid me a salary. You know, I just kind of went around the hospital praying for people, talking to people. And I happened to be in the hospital here locally and heard about, I can't remember even how it happened. Somebody said, there's actually a family from Milestone who's here they're having a baby so I thought well you know I'm, I'm a chaplain might as well pastor I might as well just go ahead and go see them and uh, so I actually got an opportunity Dee and Melissa they were there having Cameron and so I full service preacher y'all know what I'm saying it's full service deal here you know <laughs> went up there and said man this is exciting and you know And uh, I was thinking about all the challenges that I was dealing with downstairs, but sometimes when you're in challenges, the best way to get out of it is go celebrate with somebody else. So I just went and prayed a big old powerful pastoral blessing over them. You know, it's kind of, you know, people then, they started wanting my business card around the hospital. You know, do we call you father? Well, that's fine. You can call me whatever you want. In fact, I got to see them at Easter. Cameron's kind of grown up there, hadn't she? She's gotten a lot bigger the joy of seeing that. And I started thinking about that story and some of you would be like, could I get Pastor Jeff? Obviously, there's so many of you and I don't always have that opportunity. Could I get him to pray over my situation or could I have him pray over my child or pray a blessing over my family? And I thought about starting our family series. I've done multiple of these other than last year with all the events. I've taught a family series almost every single year of our church about this time. And I've never shared on what I wanna share with you this weekend to kick it off. Because I started thinking how much we want, in fact, if you were to really be offered anything, most of us have access to most of the things we want. And you were to say the thing I would really want is God's blessing on my marriage, God's blessing on my kids, those of you that have kids. God's blessing on my family. Now, you may think I have some special powers in heaven, I don't, I I have an ability to pray and it's a cool thing when your pastor prays for your family, but the truth is, I can share with you an ingredient that will bring God's blessing. Yeah. I, I can share with you something, now it's, it's not easy, but I can, Share with you something this weekend that will bring God's attention, that will bring his blessing and bring his hand and bring his presence into your family and into your children and your children's children. Now to kick off this series, uh, I want to tell you why I talk about the family, Let's Talk Family. Why do I preach these series? Well, the truth is a church is made up of people that are in families, it's an area that God cares about, by the way. Something that God really cares about. In fact, Jesus, quoting and leaning on Genesis, Jesus himself said, therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So, so a lot of times people think, man, that's just some archaic thing in the Bible. That, that's something buried in the Bible. No, Jesus affirms this atmosphere, and Jesus ties God to the home. Jesus says it's supernatural. It's spiritual. Now, I recognize as I talk about this subject that people have pain in this area. I'm a pastor. I've walked with people, divorce problems, challenges, betrayal, trust. I realize there's single people listening. And a lot of times you say, well, why would you do a family series if you have single people? Look, you're in a family. You're in a family. And if you're single and you want to get married, then the best time to start preparing with these tools is now. So a lot of times you start talking about these subjects and you're like, why does that really involve me? Well, the truth is God cares about it. God really cares about it. The truth is we also care about it. We care a lot about it. In fact, these prayer cards, over 400 prayer requests this weekend, and over the last year I asked our pastoral care department this week, send me a chart of where those prayers really, what what are people praying about? And the truth, there's a lot there, health and there's this and there's this situation, but family issues are at the top. Number one most downloaded content of any message that I preach out of a calendar year, number one most downloaded content is you saying, I need help. We need help in this area, why? Because there's a tension. It's what we care about the most, but we have the least understanding of how it works. It's what we care about at the end of our lives set with many people on their deathbed, they're not talking about their 401K. They're not talking about their trophies or accomplishments. They're always talking about their family. What do we care about the most? What do we need that money can't buy? We need God's hand in this area of our lives. But we live in attention. And I I, I honestly, after preaching it so much, I'll be transparent with you, even this week, I'm like, Lord, you need to give me a, a new passion for this, a new desire because it's like, okay, you talk about something over and over and over and you know I'm at all the services. And you're like, Lord, I, I, wa- I want you to give me a passion for this and as I think about God cares about it and you care about it and then I think about wh- where else are you gonna get any help today? Nothing in our culture is going to accentuate God's viewpoint in our world. In fact, the culture we live in actually promotes to us the opposite of what I'm going to talk to you about this weekend. The National Championship. Let's go back to that again. Let's just let's keep visiting it. Let's keep reminding ourselves of God's great victory. The commercials on the National Championship now, it doesn't have the percentage of viewers that other events have, but there were several million people. Number one was a lady telling you that if you'll get this kind of wireless, you can have your phone anywhere and get anything you want. You can personalize your life through your own phone. This lady, Lily said, if we'll get this AT&T wireless, then it'll make our lives better. The next one was Uber Eats. <laughs> Double the madness. Get what you want delivered to your door so we can have our phone and what we want to eat. By the way, speaking of family, if you want to have a family conflict, try this this week. This happens at my house. If you want to have a major tense night, take away everybody's phone or turn off the wireless. My kids would rather get grounded than their phone taken away. Are y'all with me? I mean, that would be, no wire, no Wi-Fi. Oh gosh, it's the end times. (laughs) And here's a good one. Let's go out to eat. Where do you want to go? Where y'all go? Where where do you want to go? Anywhere you pick, dad. Okay, we're going over here. Not that. No, we don't want to go there. Family fight. Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? Anywhere but there. So we live, <laughs> we live in this tension of we care about this, but we get no help anywhere else. We consistently actually get reminded of the wrong things. Philippians 2 tells us the ingredient that we need. It tells us where to get help. It tells us how to get God's hand and blessing. I also wanna tell you this, I'm no different than you. I need this as much as you need this. I have a real family with real people. I'm no expert, I don't believe that I've arrived in this area. I will tell you one of the things that I'm so fortunate with is that I've had some good examples. I've had some good models. And and I'm so thankful that I've had some good models. So I I wanna be honest, first of all, I, I wanna share with you from the Bible. I preached my first sermon at 16 years old. 16 years old, first message, I preached on the family. Had no family. I was a senior pastor before I was married. Preached on the family. Because I realized God cares about it. Did you know God chose to identify with family language? He could have said, call me king, call me ruler, call me in charge. Now, he is king, and he is ruler, and he is Lord, but he identifies throughout this book as a father, a loving, generous father over and over. I just want to pass on some things to you from the Bible. Philippians chapter 2 tells us what we need to get God's hand of blessing. In verse 3, it tells us this. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but rather in humility... In humility, in humility, boy, there's no place. You know, I've had times with my team where they're like, pastor, you missed it on this one, or you're seeing this wrong. I hope you have that environment with your team where they can tell you, not easy, because you want to say, I started this church. You work for me, I know what I'm talking about. Here's what I found. When I respond with humility, it just endears them more to me. Not easy. I've had it with my team. I've had it with people I don't know. I've had it after preaching a message. One time I preached, a lady came out and she said, that would have been a great message except I couldn't get over seeing your shoes. God bless you, God bless you. Jesus loves you. Humility. I've had it from all different ways but No place do I get to practice it more (laughs) than in my home. My kids could care less how many people we had at Easter. I'm a bishop. You're dad. You need to brush your teeth. (laughs) In humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to our own interest but each of you to the interest of others. You say, what does this have to do with family? Everything, watch this next verse. In your relationships with one another. No greater relational training ground than the home. They don't care about your title. They don't care about your position. They many times take for granted your skills and abilities. They just see you. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. You're like, how do I get God's blessing and hand on my life? Have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. What's interesting is that word mindset I want to show you how, as we start unpacking for a moment this humility word, because you're just like, what is humility? Does that just mean I just need to just kind of, oh, does that mean I lose my personality? Does that mean I just kind of like, just just get into a place where I don't matter? Humility is not thinking less of yourself, because you're a child of God. You're created in his image. He made you, and he designed you, and he loves you, and he values you. But humility is thinking about you a lot less. It's taking on a different mindset. It's taking on a different perspective. That word mindset is froneo. Froneo, and it is an active verb. Some of you are like, wait a minute, mindset, humility. I thought that is just like a passive posture, a, a posture where I just, whoa. No, no, it's actually active. It's an active participation in taking on the mindset of Christ. What was the mindset of Christ? If you're reading in your Bible, you'll notice it's indented. This is believed by scholars to be the oldest set of text in the New Testament. The oldest, that predates Paul, who's telling us about this, look at this. Who being in the very nature God, this is Jesus, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. It's not something that he was grasping for. If you're an arrogant person, you're just a prideful person, you have relational problems. There's no question about it. I mean, if you are an arrogant person, a prideful person, you always have relationship problems. And that's easy to spot. You're like, well, I don't know if I'm arrogant. Ask your family. If you're arrogant, you have relationship issues, but there's the deeper-seated things like insecurities and I want greater acceptance from them and there's hurts, there's pains. Your family's a terrible place to try to build up your security. Terrible. I have a big mirror in my bedroom. Big, huge mirror. When I come out before the weekend to preach, I always kind of look at myself in it. I use my preacher voice, praise God. I tell myself how great I am because the lady will be making fun of my shoes. So I got to build myself up. You are a bald Bishop. You're a powerful man of God. Directly that beautiful girl that was just praying for y'all. She'll come by me and say, hey, big boy, you left your underwear on the bathroom floor. The bishop does not bother himself (laughs) with such lowly things. You're wondering if you're prideful or arrogant, just ask your family, but also insecurities and identity things, they come out. Jesus says, take an active approach at pursuing the mindset of Christ an active approach, and set aside your bishopness. Set aside your title. Set aside the esteem from work or wherever it is that you're getting it. Set that aside. Don't grasp for that. Set that aside. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Did you know humility attracts help? Humility is attractive. It attracts help in our lives. Humility, I would say, has got to be, if not the top, one of the top key ingredients to a healthy home, to a healthy marriage to a healthy family is a posture of humility. Can I take you into my world a little bit? In my world, it's much like what happened in a Air France flight number 447. Air France flight 447, 2009, disappeared disappeared from the skies there's no flight in modern history that they can find that just boom it's gone it's not on the radar the air traffic controllers where did it go what happened no radio calls no mayday no mayday hey we're going we got trouble we got a fire we got an issue we're losing altitude there's problems no 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 none of that just disappeared in my world as a pastor, I've seen it many, many years. Where's the Smiths? What happened? Where are they at? What happened? I, as a young pastor, used to always think we did something wrong. You try to, I, try, I always think that, but how can we help? How can we clarify? How can we, did we? And sometimes it was because I did something wrong, especially when I was a young, dumb pastor. I, I messed up on a lot of other people so I could be a better pastor to you, but anyway. You know what I learned, though? It's generally not a problem with us. It's a problem at their house. No mayday, though. No, we need some help. No, we're we're growing distant. No, no, we started growing distant, and now we're in separate bedrooms, and now he moved out or she moved out, or there's an issue, there's a problem most of the time just, boop, off the radar what happened? What happened? It took them two years to go and find the flight recorder. Some call it the black box. It's actually not black if you want to see the recorder there. But when they looked it up, there were a multiple set of issues. Generally is. It's usually not one thing. It's one thing compounds on another thing, compounds on another thing, and no call for help. What happens is a lot of times as pastors or friends, now I'm not putting this just on me, it's we get to go to the wreckage and say, what happened? What's going on? Let's plug this recorder in. But it would have been a lot more helpful if we knew before it crashed. Would have been a lot more helpful to the people in the plane if there'd have been a mayday call so that maybe something could be done. I want us to talk about how humility attracts help. Fear, how I'm perceived, fear fuels pride. Fear fuels pride and pride fuels isolation and pride intensifies family problems. But humility attracts help. How does it work? Well, humility is an active process. I wanna show you what Philippians 2 is saying. Humility is the mindset of Christ. Your humility is connected to how you think. Every situation that you're dealing with in your family, you're looking at it through a biased lens. But the Bible says we have to take off that mindset and put on the mindset of Christ. You're like, well, that's a real powerful preaching type thing to say, Pastor Jeff. How do you do it? Well, let's look at it. First of all, you have to unlearn your unhealthy mindsets. We all grew up in a home. We grew up in a home, some of you are fighters and some of you are the ones who run from conflict. So if your mom didn't know how to process her conflict with your dad and your dad didn't know how to be humble, I'm the man of the house. Didn't know how to say, help me understand. If your mom didn't know how to approach or handle that but began to get passive aggressive, put the download of that onto you, if you grew up around that, if you grew up with some wounds in your background where people didn't listen to you or you found some success in dominating your way through every situation, you have that mindset because that's all you know. And so you have to when you come to Christ. I mean, Jesus, God, God's the one that invented this whole thing. God's the one who has the answers. He's the only one that'll help us respond in a humble way. It's only through him you could ever do it. We we would not do it naturally. We're gonna take a defensive posture. We're gonna get critical. We're gonna analyze what someone else has done. We're gonna do it. We all do it. But it's only the mindset of Christ that causes us to think differently. But to do that, you have to unlearn some things. That's the discipleship process. When you come in, you're like, wow, this is crazy. I, I don't know. And, and you get, get going. And, and the first thing you gotta do is let him erase some things about how your mom told you this is how you behave or how you watched her behave or how your dad behaved or how you've been behaving or how you think about them or those trust issues that you have, all that has to start getting erased. I grew up in the 80s, had a jam box in my room. Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? I had a silver jam box with the black speakers and had a little thing holding all my tapes Some of you young people are like, what's a tape? Anyway, it has stuff in it. It, 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 anyway, whatever. (laughs) And the best thing was your buddies would have some good songs, so you'd record some good songs onto one of your little thing and put you a label on there and write all those good songs, right? And you pop it in. You got your playlist. We didn't have the ability to send each other playlists and all that stuff. So get your little tape with all your stuff on it. I had sisters, and they'd come, and the worst thing they could ever do is push record because it just erased my tape I, I want to tell you there's, there's got to be a tape erasing process for you to be able to operate in a humble way Ephesians four says they are darkened in their understanding. You have to put off your old self which belongs to your former life. is corrupt through deceitful desires. Be renewed in the spirit of your minds. Do you see the thinking and humility connection, the spirit, the mind, to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. The next part of this humility thing is you have to be empty and open to learn. You have to be open. You have to have a, a teachable spirit. Can I encourage you? All of us can grow in our understanding of how to operate in our families. And all of us have an area that out of anything else in our life, it's the most painful thing. It's the most challenging thing. It's what you lay in bed and think about. You rehearse that conversation, and he said, and she said, and what did they mean by that? And why did they do that in this situation? Some of you are like, I've never rehearsed it. Well, you're arrogant, but anyway. (laughs) Because you're just like, I should have heard what I said. Anyway, we've got those difficulties. We can grow if we'll allow Christ to teach us, if we would be open and Willing to learn, Philippians 2.6 says, he did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but he emptied himself. I had a moment with my older kids at Christmas. We, we, had, we take a family trip every Christmas. We're doing a family study together. It's a legacy study. We're talking about the future. We're talking about these things. And it has all these questions. And I gave everybody a book before we started the week. And I said, okay, write down your things. And right off the bat, the discussion turned to me. Dad, when you said this, when you did that, I'm like, and when I paid for your car, I mean, and when I, anybody know what I'm talking about? You're not critiquing all the supply coming your way. Some of you parenting older kids, you're having a relational breakdown, humility. It's not easy. You want to say, but remember when I remember when you did, remember when I changed your diaper? You wouldn't even be where you are without me. Pride. Pride. Zig when you think you want to zag. I don't know how I did it. Really? Because I got some help. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. I'm a strong personality. I'm sorry, I. I I came on too strong. I I didn't mean to, I I wasn't meaning to. I just want you to be the best, you know? I'm a coach, that's what I do. I'm gonna coach you up. Well, when you were coaching us up, we thought we could never really perform to your standard. But you got better, but anyway, I mean. (laughs) We see the world through the lens of our bias and our own giftings. Humility says, but what I'm hearing from you is, you need something else. I'm sorry. Change the whole dynamic. Change the whole dynamic. It will for you too. Be empty, be open to learn. Put on the mindset of Christ. It's not natural or normal, only Jesus inside of you can help you do this, Ephesians 4, 23. By the way, Ephesians 4, you're like, I thought we were talking about Philippians. Ephesians 4 precedes Ephesians 5. In this series, Ephesians 5, we have to go there, it's on base. Ephesians 5 is where we learn how to operate in the family. Husbands, how you relate to your wives. Wives, how you relate to your husbands. Children, obey your parents. Come on, anybody parenting young kids? Children, obey your parents. Children, obey your parents. Children, obey your parents. parents. You want me to just reemphasize that? We'll teach it in children's church throughout the series. (laughs) Oh, I love children, obey your parents. Well, to be made new in the attitude of your minds. Put on the new self, created to be like God in righteousness and holiness. Romans 12, 2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. The word is metamorpho. It's what makes a tadpole a frog. It's the metamorphosis process to where you don't think like your dad thought. You don't think like your uncle thought. You don't think like you used to think. You think like Jesus. It's not always who's right. It's what's right. they don't understand and he did this and she said that and you don't know it's not even always did you know in your family if you're going to have God's blessing you may never get to the facts you may never get to the facts they don't know and they didn't say and he didn't and she didn't it's not always even what's in that conversation or who's right about it, it's about doing what's right. And humility attracts help. Humility attracts help, but we can't do it, I can't do it. We have to take on a different mindset. Many times humility is the missing ingredient in our families. If you're a single person, humility. Nothing in our world will tell you get some help get some pre-marriage counseling, do it God's way. Nothing in our culture is gonna tell you that. Probably as radical as it's ever been in our culture today, just do what you want. I have a young guy right now, he's considering proposing to a young lady. And I'm like, are you gonna get God's help? Like, get some people to help you, man. So many people are failing at this. This is one of the most important decisions outside of salvation that you'll ever make. Oh, well, we're just going to move in together. We're just going to do what we feel like. We're just going to do just. Why? Why? And then you're going to come to the church and say, the plane went down. Yeah. Call out for help now. That takes humility. That takes humility to say, I'm not going to do what I feel. I'm going to do what Jesus says is right. Humility in our marriages. Serving that person through the lens of how they receive love. It's not always easy. Well, I work to provide. I work to provide. I I show my love by what I do, but she doesn't always care about that. She wants you to connect with her. I learned that about my wife. She's thankful for the provision, but she wants to be with me. She'd take even a little less provision to have me. I like the mountains because we have something to do. We go ski. She likes the beach with a book, sit sit all day. Sit all day? All day? Sit, there's no book that good. I'll be making a volleyball. Hey, how you doing friend? Hey, what's up? You wanna get saved? Have you ever thought about coming to Jesus? Humility in your marriage. Humility with your kids. Young families, you know it takes humility to discipline your kids. The world will never tell you to discipline them. The world will tell you if you discipline them, you're going to hurt their self-esteem. You know what's more harmful to their self-esteem? You make them the center of the universe, and you're fine with their tantrums, and then they're not able to participate in any environment that they are not in control of. And at fifteen years old, no one likes them and you made them a brat. It's hard to discipline though. You know, my dad, he was six seven. That belt would come from a long way. <laughs> six foot seven. And then he would tell me, This is gonna hurt me a lot more is gonna hurt you. No, no, it's not, no. Then I had my own kids and I realized, I just wanna play, I don't want to correct. And I'm worried about feeling insecure when they reject, because they're good at rejecting, "Mm, you're mean. They're good at rejection and it hurts. Humility says, See, again, arrogance is easily spotted, but pride also is, I'm gonna think about how you feel about me more than your destiny. Humility says, this is my role in your life. We could go on and on and on. You say, humility attracts help? Let me read you this last verse and pray for you. First Peter 5.5 says, all of you, clothe yourselves with humility. Put it on every day. Why do we have to clothe ourselves? Because it takes intentional, on-purpose effort. I have a house with a lot of ladies in it. I have a wife, I have three daughters, I grew up with two sisters. We know something about clothes at my house. I'm telling you, and the bigger the event, whoo, man, we got a lot of weddings right now. I mean, I came in the room last night, clothes laying. It happened this morning. What do you think about my outfit? That's a trap. That's straight up a trap. I mean, that's just, you're beautiful. Well, I want you to be more intentional about it. Well, you know, I like the other one. I knew. (laughs) Ah, We know about clothes, though. I got girls, man. Clothes, shoes, match. Make it work. bigger the event, the higher the clothes intensity at my house. Can I encourage you with something? Family's a big event. Clothe yourself with humility. Clothe yourself with humility. Sibling rivalry, clothe yourself with humility. Don't talk about your accomplishments, talk about them. Clothe yourself with humility. Why? Toward one another because God opposes the proud, but he shows favor to the humble. I'd love to come pray at your wedding or pray for your baby. I'm a pastor, I'd love to do it. I can't pray for everybody's baby. Look, you know what's better than me praying for your family? God's showing favor. God's saying, I'm gonna bless that. Why do we do marriage, family, God's way? Because that's what God blesses. I just wanna know what he blesses. I want his favor and his blessing on your marriage, your family, and your situation. This week, actually, you can practice this. When you want to defend, clothe yourself with humility. When you want to say, but, say, I'm sorry with no but. I'm gonna ask you to bow your heads with me. It takes humility to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. I'm gonna ask if you would for no one to move around for just a moment, because I believe maybe there's some of you here who say, Jesus, I wanna humble myself before you. I need you to come into my life. In fact, sometimes it's through family where we really see our need for Jesus. It's through our family that we're drawn to Jesus. It's through our desire for Jesus to show up. Sometimes it draws us to him, and you can just simply say, Jesus, come into my life. I give it all to you, takes humility. I surrender it all, come into my life, become my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that prayer, I'm asking you to let us know. We wanna help you start your journey, help you grow. Just reach out to us and let us know. Maybe come forward at the end of the service. Second of all though, Lord, I pray your blessing upon every home, every future home through single people, over every broken situation, over blended families, single parents, whatever it may be, no matter where we're at, it's not too far for you to show up. You are a redeeming and restoring God. Our part is the humility, Lord, but we don't do it ourselves. We start taking on your mindset. Would you change our mindset? Would you change our perspective? Help us erase some of those old tapes. Come in and do what only you can do. Lord, we pray for your blessing on every home in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If there's anything we can do to help you in your walk with Jesus, please don't hesitate to reach out through our website at milestonechurch.com. And if you found this podcast helpful, leave a review on the podcast app or your favorite podcast platform.